and welcome to another episode of Fools Daily. I am still joined by Mr. Matthew Spooner. Good morning, evening, afternoon, night, whatever. Yeah, basically I can't get rid of him. He just plays like a me. really bad venereal infection. Well, I wouldn't know about that. Not me neither. I read about it in a magazine. <laughs> well, in, instead of looking at the pictures, you were just reading. Oh, no, I was reading. I just had it for the articles. <laughs> um, so today we are talking about another new game that has just come out and that I may have purchased. I do buy a lot of rules books. Well, that whole... Did you know you can get all these Osprey rule sets for a bargain price from this second second phase retailer? And we looked at them and we went, yeah, we've already got all of those. Yeah. Yeah, there were like ten and we had them all. Yep. Ah, right. Well, anyway, today, today's new shiny is Congo. Adventures in the Heart of Africa. From Studio Tomahawk. Yeah. No? Yeah. I, 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 okay. I looked at the book. Yeah. I love, I love Saga. Yeah. I have heard very good things about Muskets and Tomahawks. Yeah. Which is, which is another set of Studio Tomahawk, Tomahawk rules. The book is, again, fantastic quality, really nice, full colour, lovely pictures of miniatures. But, eh. It doesn't do it for you. The whole kind of adventures back and beyond africa type thing is just a bit kind of... Uh. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, you know, it, it pains me to say it, but you're wrong. It's doubtful. Well, it really isn't. Um, no, Congo. I mean, it's only a short jump from Congo to Indiana Jones. This is when Henry was advert. This was when Henry was uh, adventuring. Mm. Okay, shall I see if I can convince you? Go for it. All right. So, Congo is from Studio Tomahawk, who um, write. Saga, as Matt said. Very nice. For Gripping Beast. Um, but it is not published by Gripping Beast. It is published by um, Studio Tomahawk themselves. I got my copy from War Games Foundry. Uh, and it is a beautiful, full-colour hardback book. I think I paid the princely sum of £34 for mine. Um, and that it includes the book and all of the other bits of gubbins that you need to play it. Um, so, because it's a Studio Tomahawk game, it uses measuring sticks um, and it uses an interesting card deck mechanic to determine what you're going to do. So, obviously, um, Saga uses the battle board idea. Um, and then they've gone for a card-based mechanic that, because I haven't actually played it yet, I'm not 100% sure on it, but from reading the rules, it looks really quite interesting. Yeah, I think um, Muskets and Tomahawks uses a card. Oh, does it? I haven't, as, see, I've not as, played Muskets yeah. and Tomahawks because that's not a period that appeals. It's got guns in it. 
Well, so is Congo. But Congo, they're they. I think we talked about before. We talked about in Her Majesty's Name. Yeah. Um, and how at the beginning in Her Majesty's Name, it basically says it's a game played by gentlemen, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the um, introduction to Congo, this, there is this paragraph. Congo is a game made by gentlemen for gentlemen. Even if said gentlemen are mimicking fierce tribal chieftains or perfidious Arab slavers, the game was born from our love of African cultures and history and our reading of the marvellous adventures of the most famous explorers. Add to this for our thirst for epic and exotic gaming experience and you get Congo. Please do not take us too seriously. The adventures we depict are largely inspired by the ridiculous stories told by Europeans who really did not know any better and really do not depict the reality of the pre-colonial period. If we have chosen to rem- portray the more romantic aspects of this period as told in countless tales and movies, it, we do it because it best conveys the spirit of our game. We recommend to fully appreciate the game that you play it with a glass of brandy and soda or a pint of munkoe. I don't know what munkoe is. To hand. That should ensure you play with the plash of the heroic man of action and daring do rather than boring calculating probabilities. So get ready. The boat is about to leave. Now that paragraph could be lifted from In Her Majesty's Name. There is a very similar paragraph in Her Majesty's Name about playing in the spring. um, Black Powder has a very similar thing at the beginning as well. Yeah, about playing in the spirit of the game and it's just a game. It's not... Simulation. Yes, it's not... This is not... You're not replaying World War II. You're playing something that probably never even happened pushing some toy soldiers around the table. Yeah. Um, so I thought that I thought that was quite interesting. There's quite a few bits where it says um, this is just a fantasy game. Um, they're obviously concerned about the racial aspect. Yeah. Um, and so they're pushing it. Um, so basically, what you do is you make your your party, and there are four parties that um, you know you can choose to play one of four expeditions. You can play the white men, the forest tribes, the African kingdoms, and the sultanate of Zanzibar. Arab types. Yeah. So basically. um, So you've got... But all of them mix and match what they can have, and then you make up your group from that, and you're playing to a certain amount of points. So... Um, the game is designed between 70 and 100 points. And um, that's between, that's only between 20 and 40 figures. Yeah. I think my 70-point force, because I bought Warlord are doing... Uh, not Warlord. Uh, Foundry are doing a, um, a starter deal where they're taking um, figures from their absolutely wonderful Darkest Africa range. Yeah. And putting them into bundles so you can just you can pick up a bundle i think my bun the bundle that i've got cost me 30 pounds for all the figures that i need so my total investment was the book and uh 30 quid for the figures which is not bad by anyone's standards and the book is i have to say the book is lovely it is superbly laid out um, there's some very clear diagrams to assist play, and as I say, some lovely pictures um, of 
I think they're not only the foundry, but I think there's quite a few cobblestone ones in there as well. Yeah, well, obviously cobblestone did the um, foundry ones. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you basically you pick your um, who you're going to play, and you make up your force. So if we look at we look at the white man expeditions because that's what I went for. And obviously, when you're playing it, you can be the plucky British explorer. You could be um, the, dastard, the dastardly um, Otto von Bismarck's second cousin. Jeff. You have to twirl your moustaches if you do that. But yeah. Jeff von Bismarck, he was a dodgy um, man. Yeah, or, you know, a dodgy Belgian or something like that. Um, so you Quaro, get... with a tiny little weird moustache. Yeah. Um, and so basically you pick your force, so... You know, you pick your characters and your things. So, if I look, um, characters you can choose from. You can have the explorer, uh, the Kiran Gozi, which is literally the guide of the caravan, um, a retired officer, a flag bearer, a reporter, a scientist. Um, then you can have some bearers as your auxiliaries. And then you pick your groups of soldiers. Now, that's the way that they move is quite interesting because you would expect a game of this size that you have it, convention is a two inch gap between bases. Yeah. You don't. They have they have to remain in base to base contact. Okay. So you're moving. You're, it's effect. So even though it's a group of five models or something, it's effectively an element. Yeah. And so you can get. I mean, again, you can get some soldiers, trained Ascaris, some extra adventurers, some rugger rugger, uh, just normal Ascaris, young warriors, archers, and scouts. That's what you—that's your sort of choices. Um, and they all—they all have um, stats. They have um, the base rule is a roll of five is always a success. So it's D six. No, that's what's the that's the beauty of it. It's um, sixes, eights, and tens. What? Oh, right. So mixed dice. Yeah. So soldiers, for example, um, their shooting with their rifles is on a D10. Trained Ascaris, their shooting is on a D8. But the target number is always a five. Right. Okay. So you always have to get a 5. So obviously it's much easier to get a 5 on a D10 than it is to get on a D8. Yeah, so yeah, the, the number of faces on the dice is your know, troop quality. Yeah, which I thought was really quite clever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have, you, know, you have standard profiles. So you have the no, a, a group of um, warriors is described. The number of models that you have... Um, what the shooting is, what their combat is, what their bravery is, and their cost. And then special rules. Yeah. Um, so not a, lot, not a lot of stats to it. And it's all obviously scenario-based. Um, but the scenarios are presented really cleverly. In the book, you get four... A3 pieces of paper and they're printed up they're called the Society Le Bulletin, Le Bulletin de la Géographique 
So it's it's des- it looks like an old newspaper pe- page, mm-hmm. and that's your scenario. So the one that I've just picked up is called "The Last Queen of Aksum." After a journey lasting 120 days, Professor Philip Mee Inley, well-known explorer, discovered the remains of an ancient city in the foothills of Lake Tang- Tanginaka. Our fellow mm-hmm. scholar also found engraved tablets, providing the influence of the Emperor of Aksum, Ak- no, Aksum sorry, on the heart of the African continent, and a crown set with jewels which doubtless belonged to Bani al-Hamwiya, the last queen of Aksum. This incredible discovery has already divided the College of Geographical Society and the return of Professor McKinley, which will allow the priceless artifact to be studied, is much awaited. Good luck to our tireless explorer. We hope that this treasure does not fall into the wrong hands. And then you get the, your table layout and things. And it's quite interesting. Some of the ideas that we were discussing for um, the game that we've been working on, yeah. Now it will look like we've copied them. Because they have a se- there's a section here rules for the adventure. Yeah. And it's the special rules that from the book that apply to this particular adventure. Right. Yes. So you have the protagonists, you know, the raiders of the lost mask and the yeah. greedy and greedy pillagers and deployment and objectives and all of those sorts of things but it's laid out because it's laid out like a you know a newspaper thing it's quite interesting so there are eight scenarios that come in the game um, and they're, mm-hmm. all, they're all presented that way um, there's hazard there's hazard tables uh, you know dangerous terrain tests and stuff because you know we like those yeah um, you discover a fetish decorated with gems you disturb a nest of flying insects. Your group and all other groups within short of the dangerous terrain area must flee. You frighten a warthog. Yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> I was tracing. Um, but, you know, it's for the jungle and the savannah and stuff. So there's a lot of moving little bits, but the card mechanism... Um, basically, you get... a you get a set of cards, a control hand that dictates what you can do. And you, right. you choose to play that, that card in the action phase. You select one of the three action cards that you've chosen during the opening phase and place it face down in front of them. And then you reveal it, and that shows what you can do. So the action card has an initiative value. Mm. Um, and the higher initiative value on the card Basically, it's who resolves their card first. Okay. Um, it gives you the number of actions that you can perform and the types of actions you can perform. So basically, you can choose to go, right, I'm just playing this move card, but it's initiative seven. Right. And, and it will say you can move two units, and so you get to move two things, and then that's your card played. Yeah. And then your opponent plays theirs, and then you, you do it more cards. So it's a very okay. in- it's a very interesting control mechanism because you've got this hand of cards that you're using to control your actions, and your opponent. So you haven't got complete control, basically. Which we know previously that kind of thing appeals. I don't like necessarily games where I know exactly that everybody can move everything when they want to move it. Yeah. So you play your three. So you have three action cards, and you play your three action cards. 
Um, uh, it will regularly happen that both players' cards will have the same initiative value. In this case, one of the cards must be resolved first, lest it be pistols at dawn. Um, so the rules are full of little bits like that. Yeah. You know, the, whole the, narr- the narrative stuff that we like. Yes. And so then you... You know, and they're written in such a way... So move actions, it's described as moving a, moving along the track. Rather, yeah. You know, so it, it explains how moving works. Big game hunting. That's shooting. Um, what's fighting called? Got to go past. Defeating your enemies, engaging in melee, um, overcoming your fears because you can get things like stress tokens and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of like fatigue in a saga. Yeah. And then running away. Something you'll do a lot of. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, and then you get totems. There's the t- you might so things happen to you basically. There's a, there's a random events um, that you see. So okay. It, Seems I think. Go on. No, I because for me, you see, it plays very much in the same space that things like in Her Majesty's Name play at a slightly bigger scale. Yeah. So if I don't know if something like open combat is at one side, one scale, then you've got Dragon Rampart at the next scale up. Yeah. Okay. To me, Congo is the same. It's you've got um, in a in a Majesty's Night XL. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and there's, yes, there's less fantastical elements of it. You know, because it doesn't have the weird Tesla the steam, weapons. Yeah, stuff. the steampunky type stuff. But if you read a lot of the In Her Majesty Names books, a lot of them sort of downplay that anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be interesting. It 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 looks like it will be a game of quite a lot of manoeuvre. Yeah. Well, because you've only got 24-odd models, so maybe five or six groups, of, you know, effectively five or six elements, because as, as I said, they, you have to be stuck together. But it plays on a six-by-four. So, yeah, quite a lot of space around, then. Yeah. Space and terrain and jungle yeah. and saber-tooth, ti- you know, giant tigers looking out. Obviously, you don't get tigers in Africa, but... Lions, cheetahs, something that's going to go, ah, rhinos. Yeah. Plus, it gave me an excuse to buy some Darkest Africa figures, which I've always yeah. liked, but I've never had anything to do with. Um, I, I guess, for me, with my historical head-on, it kind of comes from kind of colonial gaming, which is... It lacks longevity, any of that style of colonial gaming. Because when you're playing in a historical setting, generally you're talking about a small but well-trained group of Westerners against a horde of untrained natives, indigenous folk, savages. Call them what you will. Um, So I guess it is outside of that. But I don't know. I'll give it a go. I do 
Perhaps um, some nice, I think they're for a sort of almost Sudanese type, um, some Brits. So I've got some figures that I can use, unsurprisingly. I've got some figures for it. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll give it a go and see. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I do like about the book, um, it has some design notes. Hmm. Um, and the first thing it says in the design notes is the reason that they wrote these rules is because they love the Darkest Africa range. Yeah. The, the, the whole game is designed because they wanted a game to play with those figures. Yeah. Um, but it, it harks back to older rule sets. So there's, a, there's an article in the book, Building an African Village. And where they tell you, you know, this is how to build some terrain. Yeah. Making the vegetation. And it's using, you know, those synthetic map things. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's those sorts of things that I think are very, in, are very interesting. Yeah. Um, well, like I say, we, we'll, we'll give it a go. I'm sure it'll be tickety-boo. Yeah, the thing that for me is missing, and it may just be that I've not seen it in there, is um, a sort of a continuation of the game. So beyond single pickup games? Yes. Okay. So no kind of crew development, no campaign? Yeah, no, no sort of Ah, I plundered this. I plundered this village and or this tomb or something, and I've got these these bits of artifacts and stuff. But yeah. old, old Bill over there has pulled his hamstring. So the kind of the stuff that we really like about this is not a test and yes. that kind of yes. development side of the game. Yes, the the stuff that um, you do get in in Her Majesty's name that. Yeah, but you know, I can. I think it, I think it looks very interesting. I think that um, I think it's got some some legs to it, um, and it has got you know the use of some really nice figures. So yeah, um, generally that's what drags us into things anyway. So I'm kind of in a position with. It. A bit like you were with Conflict 47, in the fact I'm kind of... I'm not entirely enamoured with it, but we'll give it a go. I'm going to see. Yeah, we will, we will, that we will. Right, well, I think that's probably about it for today. I think so. They've had enough. I mean, assuming that they've listened to Malifools already, I mean, how much more could they possibly want in a week? I don't know. Malifools was pretty good, though. If you're into Malifaux, you should probably listen to it. Even if you're not, you should listen to it anyway, because I am insightful and wise. Matt goes on a rant and then has a pouty face. I don't rant and I don't pout. I make some very good points. And people say, um, and then I, people say things then about I, his girlfriend. We're, we're, yes, they do. <laughs> not me, though. No, you were very good. Patrick, however. I just kept my mouth shut. <laughs> pain. Right, shall we go? Let's. All right, until next time, I've been Mike. I've been Matt. Bye.
You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at Fools Underbar Daily, or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com.